Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody. And we are your podcast hosts, coming to you from the Cvent Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Now, before we get to today's topic, read more about today's episode on the Cvent blog at cvent.com slash podcast. And we love hearing from you, so please email us at podcast at cvent.com. Yes, that's right. And today's episode is focused on cybersecurity as it relates to events. Yeah, we talked to Will and Brandt about things event professionals can do to help mitigate cybersecurity risk. Our minds were blown by some of the stories they had. And really, even on a personal level, we walked away with some fantastic tips and tricks to stay more secure. Yeah, and these guys are also podcasters. They host the Event Tech Podcast, so they are well-versed on everything event technology. So let's hear more from Will and Brandt. Well, hello, Will and Brandt, our fellow podcasters. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> doing great. Fantastic. I'm feeling good, feeling great. Feeling feeling like talking about some cybersecurity. Always. Absolutely. And this is, I love these crossover episodes where it's like it's like when all, all in one night all of the like Chicago TV shows are all doing the same episode over the course <laughs> of the night. So, you know, we've we've entered into a kind of podcast crossover area. Love it. Yes. Love the collaboration. It's like when all the DC comics stars come together and you got like the Flash and Arrow. Wait, I'm going way too nerdy. Yeah, yeah but your yeah, analogy was way better than mine. That's yeah. like, <laughs> way better. Yeah, that was a little bit over my head, but it sounds all really positive. So <laughs> that's good. Like Black I Panther shows talking. up in Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So thanks for joining us today to talk a little bit about cybersecurity. I love that we're talking about it because when I first, we do sort of our pre-interview, right? You got your eyes just lit up when we came to this topic. You guys are obviously <laughs> very passionate about it and experts. So I think our audience is going to learn a lot today. I think there's lots to learn for sure. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's definitely a, a gap in knowledge, I think, out in the industry. Well, yeah. yeah. And you know, I, you know, we have all heard about cybersecurity, but can you guys refresh us first You know, on what cybersecurity actually involves? I'm going to let Brand get this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 it is it is a passion for me and it's one of the things that that I'm 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 glad we're we're helping get the word out because I think uh, you know when we talk about cybersecurity I think one of the problems that we have in the industry is that a lot of people kind of just push it off either on the vendors or on the AV companies that it is this idea that it's somebody else's job. It's somebody else's problem, it's somebody else's responsibility. You know, that it's not something that we as industry professionals or as planners um, need to be handling ourselves that, you know, oh well, as long as our app has, you know, encryption or, you know, as long as our registration system is locked down, I'm sure that's their job. You know, they'll, they'll handle that. They'll make sure of that. And then, you know, you see stuff in the marketing materials, you know, military grade spec encryption and all that kind of stuff. Um, but one of the you know things that I really try and emphasize is that when we're talking about cybersecurity, we're really talking about protecting data. And so we're protecting not only our own personal data, you know, everybody's kind of used to that at this point, whether it's credit card data or, you know, our, our home or our, our social security number, all of those kinds of things. But we're also talking about protecting the data of our clients, our attendees, the actual people who are coming to our event. There's an enormous amount of data involved there. So when we're we're talking about cybersecurity. We're talking about protecting the digital data of not only ourselves, our organizations, but also all of the attendees of all of our events. I think also uh, for the on the on the cybersecurity portion too, planners think. What, oh, I'm not a target, you know, like I'm just uh, playing this one meeting for a thousand people. Like no one knows I exist or whatever it may be, but I think people would be surprised. 
Yeah, because when you hear about cybersecurity in the news, it's always these like big corporations being hacked. And you never really think like as an event professional that it's going to target the events industry, but it does. And why do you guys think that they are a target? I think that um, one of the reasons why is that it's it's easy right now that people don't think that they're a target. So therefore, guards are down. People are a little bit more relaxed. I mean, like you look at, for example, finances and e-commerce and everything like that. They know they're a target. So they're they're putting their guards up. And, you know, hackers are not looking for the the hard way to get in. They're looking for the easy way. And then I think the the second one, which I know Brant's really, really like is so smart to figure out is that we're, we're a target, not necessarily because people just want the data that the event people have, but that we are kind of a sidecar to get into more, more, more sort of information. And Brent, can you kind of explain kind of that, that, that vector uh, analogy that you use? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so when we look at some of those large hacks that you were just talking about, you know, when we look at Home Depot, uh, they got in through the point of sale system. When we look at Target, they actually got in through the, uh, the HVAC, the heating, heating and air conditioning company that they had given access to. So it's not that people go in the front door, you know, you can't go into these large corporations. Those are locked down. And so what they do is they try and go in through these side doors and we're the side door, right? <laughs> I hate to tell everybody. So, you know, as we're looking Looking at you know the uh, you know the types of data uh, that we're dealing with those attendee data you know we're actually privy to some pretty sensitive information um, we're talking about things like uh, you know if you're thinking let's talk, let's talk corporate events right just for a second so corporate events you've got you know perhaps C level um, personal information names addresses phone numbers flight times spouses names um, you know hotel preferences all of those little bits are little bits of gold to a hacker you know once with armed with that amount of information, you're then able to target. You, you've now got basically the entire internal structure of an organization. You know who the C, uh, you know who the CFO is. You know who the CEO is. So you 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 craft an email from what looks like the CFO to the CEO and say, you know, hey, we uh, we're having some problems running the numbers for the event that we're having on you know the the, the sixth. Um, you know, can you take a look at this spreadsheet? And the CEO wants to make sure that everything goes off right. And so they click on the spreadsheet and boom, they're gone. They're cooked. They're hacked right there because, you know, it looked like legitimate email coming from a legitimate source, you know, with, with, with actual information that was relevant um, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, personally identifiable to a certain extent. Or, you know, another example, you know, we, hey, you know, Mr. Johnson, we see that you're flying in at 8 p.m. on, you know, JetBlue. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that your car is ready. Please click here to confirm that you're coming in. So using those tiny bits of, of information that we have available is absolute gold to, the, to, to a hacker who's trying to get into an organization. Um, <laughs> Brad, if you can see Cody and I, our eyes are like I know. so wide right now. Jaw hit the floor. I mean, I'm a little freaked out by that, honestly, but those are really relevant examples. I mean, it sounds to me like the events industry is just low hanging fruit for these hackers. I mean, what can event planners do to help with cybersecurity and having a secure event all around? I think first thing is be aware that you, I think that's why Brant and I talk so much about this is just be aware that you are a target and to ask questions about it. Um, I think that's a, the first start because obviously, you know, I don't expect everyone to be a pro in it security and everything like that. I mean, like I'm not even that big of a pro in it security, but I refer to experts who do know that sort of stuff. And so whenever I, you know, I'm looking at something, I go, Hmm, is this a potential issue? 
and just ask hard questions. I think that's the first thing that you can do. And then there's a ton of other tactical things to do. Maybe Brad and I can fire back with some uh, quick tips on uh, on what planners can do. But I think just be aware of it and ask the hard questions so your suppliers, your your partners can be able to help make sure that everything's secure. Absolutely. Step number one is just getting the awareness out there that, that cybersecurity is not some, you know, random tech nerd down the hall's job, right? It's all of our jobs. It's our job to protect our attendees' data. And we have to start taking responsibility for that. So step one is just awareness and knowing and recognizing A, we're a target and B, we're, you know, we're a juicy target and C, um, you know, that we're all responsible for that. So let's start, yeah, let's start banging out some of these, some of these um, things that, you know, realistic things that you can do. Yeah, you don't have to be an expert. I mean, step number one is just starting to lock down the registration system, you know, acknowledging who's going to have access to that, who's going to be the people who are responsible for those passwords. And then um, I'll, I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave that into for you to will to talk about passwords. But, you know, just to finish that thought, you know, just really starting to take a look at who has access to the data in the registration system? Are you going to have temps on site? Should they necessarily, you know, be given the username and password on a, you know, on a, you know, sticky note uh, so that they're able to get in it? And so just starting to take those first steps is to, you know, locking down and making sure that our registration and app systems are, are, are apps are, you know, kind of eyes only who needs to see them. Will, passwords, it's all you. <laughs> oh, man, I could talk about passwords all day long. But I, I'll kind of like pivot this into a more general tip, too, is that I think planners themselves need to practice good security practices. Mm-hmm. I think far too often that uh, planners and, and, and sorry, even suppliers, everybody in the world has poor personal security measures that they take. And as Brent kind of hinted to, first is just having insecure passwords. You know, having three passwords that you just have, you know, slight differences between them is not acceptable <laughs> anymore. Um, let's be honest, I'm gonna, if I figure out one of your passwords, I'm gonna try adding an exclamation point to it. I'm gonna try adding one, two, three, two. I'm gonna try adding your birthday to it, right? Like, so, you know, make sure that you're using a password manager. I think Brent and I are big fans of LastPass. Um, I think fans. he's officially converted me away from Dashlane, but Dashlane's Yay. great too. But, you know, use a actual secure password manager. They have great practices for you to be able to make sure that you have secure passwords. They let you know when, you know, they've been compromised, all that sort of stuff like that. Other things that you can do personally as well is use things like, for example, if you're on an unsecure network, which we'll talk a lot about unsecure networks, is use a VPN. And right now is the time to get a VPN. They're like all on sale, half off. You know, like this is, there's no excuse. It's literally like maybe like 50 bucks a year. And uh, you know, one great one, for example, that me and Brant really like is ExpressVPN. And I love it because it automatically connects um, whenever I'm on an insecure network. And that makes sure that all, everything that passes over the air is secure. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that. And I think the last one um, that you can do personally and that you should encourage all of your teammates Everyone in your whole entire company is enable two-factor authentication on everything. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff, we're obviously going pretty fast through it. You can feel free to Google a lot of this stuff. We've done a lot of webinars on this sort of thing where we dive a little bit deeper into it. But just enable that checkbox when you buy an app or something like that. Enable two-factor authentication. Yes, it's inconvenient, but just like how you have to uh, enter a code when you enter your house because you have a security alarm or you have to unlock the gates in order to get in your house, it adds a little bit of inconvenience for the, the sacrifice of security. So, um, Brant, I'm not sure if you want to layer on top of that. Well, I think I'd give these guys an opportunity just to, <laughs> you know, like, you know as, as you've said, Will and I can spout on about this all day. So, do you have any questions about the stuff that we've uh, already hit? Otherwise, I can feel free to expand on it. 
I think Cody and I are just a little bit freaked out right now, to be quite honest. <laughs> a, little, a little embarrassed, too. Like, you know, I'm the, ex, I'm the exclamation the point exclamation password. Point. <laughs> um, but those password... I guess Cody's password. Yeah, yeah. It's Cody oh, Lisk, exclamation point. Um, but the password managers, I mean, that seems logical, right? I So what a password manager, you guys kind of went by that quickly. I just want to learn a little bit more about this. So it's like you have a program where you have this like super secure password that then has all your passwords inside of it. Is it the same thing exactly. like in Google Chrome? I feel like Google Chrome has like a password manager and I don't know if I use it properly, but it's the same concept. Okay, well, yeah. can I can I can I jump on this cuz there's, <laughs> oh, there's man, two I really wanted to. Oh, there's two really important things on there. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so so first of all, I I don't recommend you use password managers in Safari or Chrome or anything like that because if your Google account gets hacked, they then have access to all of your other passwords. So, you you know, all they have to do is then log into Chrome and then they've got all of the rest of your passwords. So I do recommend keeping those as a totally separate. Again, it's convenient, but it's not necessarily the safest thing in the world. So step one, I would not use the built-in password managers in either Chrome or Safari or any of the other ones as well. Um, The other part of it is um, that I would say is that yes, basically with password managers, you're using one long password. I actually forced myself to memorize a completely alphanumeric jumbled garbage password because it's the only one you'll ever have to know again. So if you can force yourself to memorize one, you know, good 16 digit, you know, alphanumeric with, uh, you know, symbols and numbers and things like that. It's the only one you'll ever have to know again because the rest of them, you all put in your password manager. And it's nice because as you're putting in your stupid, you know, monkey one, two, three, four, uh, you know, passwords, as you go along on the web, uh, it'll say, hey, do you want to add that to LastPass? And then you say yes. Um, And so you're able to actually just go on about your business. And as you use up the passwords that are on your sticky note, um, those are all eventually getting, you know, getting into LastPass or Dashlane or whichever one you want to use. Now, the one that I just want to touch on real quick and then we'll I'll let you expand on it is um, the, the biggest pushback that I usually get on it is well, what happens if FlashPass gets hacked? Um, and so the simple answer is, and this is the, the main reason that I use specifically LastPass, is that it has been vetted. So they don't actually have the keys to mm-hmm. your data. So even they could literally walk in the front door, steal LastPass's servers and walk out with them. And there's nothing you could do about it because they don't have the data. It's encrypted on their end. So literally, you're kind of responsible for don't lose that password. And if you do, make sure you print it out, you know, the... the emergency password recovery, uh, you know, uh, passwords um, and put them in a lockbox somewhere. So just so, you know, so the CIA can't get it, you know, if you're paranoid with tinfoil hat land about that, the, uh, you know, the hackers can't get it. So I, I really, it really has been vetted by uh, security experts that I know and trust. So uh, I guess I don't know them personally, but <laughs> experts that I trust. Yeah. Well, I know what, whoever, what everybody in my family is getting for Christmas this year. Wait, is LastPass yeah. free? Oh, it's and uh, they do have a free yeah. one. Go, go oh, ahead. Will. Even better. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's a there's a free free version. Um, you know, a lot of the password managers they they'll they'll put on one device, and if you want to sync it across multiple devices, that's a great thing too. Is that you know, let's say for example, you sign up for a service and you save the password into LastPass, and it's this crazy generated password. Then you go to your laptop, and it will already be saved there. It'll cross um uh, sync across all devices, so you don't have to you know memorize anything at all. Um, one thing I definitely want to add to that too is a pa- one thing that password managers like Dashlane, LastPass, everything like that does is they also help 
with the health of your passwords. So they tell you when a password is insecure and you shouldn't use it. But a lot of them too notify you when, for example, like Facebook, uh, you, you see these articles come out of time. Facebook was storing passwords on an unencrypted text document or whatever it is. You know, those st stories are so hard to track. Like Brand and I are in the space and we still miss all of them. But what's great is these softwares, they find out about it and then they send notifications to all their users because they know what sites you're saved your passwords. So they'll be like, hey, you have three passwords on Facebook. You should probably change them. And it will pop up and just keep reminding you to change your password, which I think is so good to do because it really just makes it really, really dead easy. And to uh, piggyback off of the uh, what happens if they steal your, you know, the the server or whatever it is, or they let's say for example they they figure out your master password. Again, that's where two-factor authentication comes in, really, really handy. Oh yeah, is that you literally if, even if someone knows your password, if you have two-factor authentication, they can't get in unless they use the two-factor authentication code, which is located like on your phone. Or, which is obviously the most secure way to do it, is have a hardware key, an actual USB key you plug in your computer, and you cannot log in unless it's plugged into the computer, um, which can just be like absolutely game-changing as well. And again, you don't necessarily have to do like a hardware key for every single service, but for example, my master password for um, Dashlane is stored, and it's using the two-factor authentication using that hardware key. So if I ever get that database hacked, they can't do anything because the key is literally in my pocket right now. You would have to kill me. To get it off. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally the first time I've ever heard of a hardware key. Me too. Me too. I also know what I will be doing and, and with my weekends. And what's crazy too is it it's not it's not hard either. I mean, like literally, Google two factor authentication hardware key. Google makes one called the Titan key. You buy it for twenty bucks, and it works with every single service, and it's so easy to use. I mean, just so so easy to use. Whew, this like is I you know I'm literally taking notes. Taking notes last pass, <laughs> Titan key and Google. This is what I've written down. I'll so get far. VPN too. VPN. Oh, yes. yep, okay, here we go. Uh, so I feel like there's just so much we can learn here. As as far as from like a planning perspective, one of the things that you guys mentioned earlier is that you have to ask the tough questions, especially with the technology providers that you're using. Can you guys give us some examples of what those questions might be? Brent, you do. You, Brent sources a lot of event technology, so he uh, he knows the kind of hard questions to ask when he's vetting these companies. Um, and I can talk from more like maybe like an internet perspective a little bit. Yeah, later. that'd be great. Yeah, I definitely want to get into kind of Wi-Fi and stuff like that as well. I mean, the good news is that any, at this point, um, you know, cryptography is 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 cheap, <laughs> and then you know, so anybody that is you know doing is having anything to do with your data, you want to be able to ask them. You know, okay, are you using encryption? If so, what kind? And you might not know the answer, right? You might not know. Oh, well, it's blah, blah 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 blah. You know, and they rattle off a bunch of numbers and letters, and you just. Uh, but at the very least, then you could Google those numbers and letters, and you know, and and say, okay, that makes sense. That doesn't make sense. That kind of thing. You know, you can usually tell. If something's legit or not. I tend not to believe, you know, marketing terms, like I said earlier about, you know, military grade spec, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, <laughs> it's like when you're buying a pickup and it's like military grade aluminum. What does that mean? You know, oh, the windows like, won't break on uh, this cyber exactly. truck. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. They'll never break. <laughs> it broke. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, just be careful about marketing stuff, you know, be careful about uh, Methinks me she doesn't protest too much, you know, maybe too much about security and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes could be a flag, but you never know. Um, so, so it's not like there's really 
that tough of questions to ask your your vendors. But you know it, what it does bring up, and and this is something another thing that Will and I could probably spend another half an hour on is you know when you're dealing with actual AV vendors, so not necessarily your event technology vendors, but you know AV and IT are getting closer and closer, and so there's a lot more uh, you know involved in in your AV world having to do with laptops and computers and presentations and things like that. So, you know, just like we talked about kind of locking down your registration platform and making sure, you know, who's got access to what, locking down your, your presentations and, your, you know, the, the things that are going to be coming in, especially, again, if you're in corporate world, you know, a lot of those things, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been handed a USB key with, you know, a, a PowerPoint on it that has highly sensitive financial information on it that's specifically labeled, you know, not for release, not for public use, you know, because it's internal, you know, financial information and they're a public company. So just be really aware, you know, and, and you know, if you, if you do need to ask those questions, talk to your AV vendor. What is your policy on, you know, retention of data? How long do you hang on to video? How long do you hang on to the PowerPoints afterwards? Do those machines get wiped, uh, you know, after we're done, you know? So keeping track of your data that way as well could also be really, really important. I think one thing that helps too is that uh, I'm a big fan of like whenever you're involving any sort of tech. So like we have a lot of software at endless events that we use, and I'm a big fan of trying to delegate support and management of those tools as much as possible to the tools themselves. So one great question I love to ask too is ask the technology vendor, what are you doing to enforce proper security protocols upon my users for me? Because let's be honest, you can't be the police to check down your user list and see, for example, I love to see those lists that tell me what user don't have two-factor authentication involved. You know, can I force it so all my users that are using this tech have to use two-factor authentication, have to use a secure password, all these things like that. So it doesn't make it so you have to be like the cybersecurity police. Obviously, like it helps to have maybe a cybersecurity person on staff, that sort of thing. But I think that really helps a lot when it comes to vetting. Like, what are you doing to help keep me safe? Not just what are you also doing to keep your own server safe as well? Another question that kind of popped in my mind as well, I think that's really helpful is what what's your protocol if there was a data breach? Like what's going to happen? Like are you going to literally call everyone and say, hey, we need to secure passwords? Are you guys going to move servers? You know, just see kind of like what their game plan is if something ends up happening. Or, and then you can kind of see too, like have they thought this through a little bit and are they prepared for the eventuality when it happens? rather than if it happens um, sort of thing. And yeah, as, as Brand said, I think <laughs> AV and IT are becoming like basically the same thing. I'm prepared that someday that uh, it's no longer going to be that you hire the event AV company, you're going to hire the event IT company. But internet is a huge part of that now. And especially as um, we're starting to spend way more money on it, and I'm sure we will eventually talk a lot about costs of Wi-Fi at some point, but you need to make sure also that your event internet is really safe too. Because not only do you have the databases on the event apps, but also you have all the secure things happening at the event. All the emails being sent across the wires, all of the you know um, important PowerPoints being shared between people. So also make sure that you talk to your internet provider at your events and make sure that it's super duper secure and um, we can quick fire off some some suggestions on that sort of stuff um, but I think a lot of um, Brent and I always talk about in the hospitality industry I think you're rampant with insecure Wi-Fi um, and it's going to lead to a major major issue I think uh, very soon. This has been one of the most informative conversations that I have had in recent months. Um, I'm definitely going to be looking at all my passwords and LastPass <laughs> is on my list. 
I think it's really important for our planners to have this in the back of your mind. I think one of the things you guys said at the very beginning was step one is just being aware that it is impacting the industry and start asking the questions. And I think you guys gave us some really tactical tips, things we can do right now to make sure that our next events are even safer. And then I, I know that we're, you know, we're really, you guys are in this all day, every day, but I'm just curious, where do you think our audience could learn more, um, stay in the know? Like what great resources are out there that you would recommend for planners so that they make sure that they are as cyber secure as possible? Well, Brant, is, is there a podcast that only, people talk about event oh my technology? Gosh, really? If only there was some kind of podcast that was dedicated to event technology. You could almost call it the Event Tech Podcast. Hmm. Whoa. Yeah, so Event Tech Podcast <laughs> released weekly <laughs> at all of your favorite, uh, all of your favorite uh, uh, podcatchers, uh, iTunes and Pocket Casts and all of those favorite ones. So yeah, I mean, that's one of the intentions actually that we, we created the, uh, the podcast is, is to help folks stay up on this stuff. And it is not geared... Uh, at the ultra nerdy, we like to get a little propeller heady sometimes, but uh, um, you know we like to try and balance that with uh, stuff that's accessible to everyone. So yeah, we'll actually yeah we'll definitely continue to kind of cover this uh, over there at eventtechpodcast.com. <laughs> you guys certainly make this enjoyable. You guys are really fun. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's sometimes, I mean, don't kill me, but maybe it's kind of boring topics for the rest of us, but you guys make it really oh, no, fun sure. and interesting. Yeah, it could be dry, but you guys really kind of spice it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we try we try to as well. And I'll also send you guys over a link to share in the show notes. Um, Brand and I did a full, full entire class on cybersecurity for events where we dive into like what a VPN is, what what sort of password managers, what does this look like, what does this look like, all the tips on Wi-Fi, like all the nitty-gritty stuff we go into detail on there as well. But yeah, definitely I think um, we'll share a link for that for that webinar so people can sign up for it. But then yeah, Ventech Podcast is great. Like I love being able to cover like the newest security breach and we can talk about like how it's affecting the events industry like we talked about quantum computing and how it's going to affect all that sort of stuff and if that sounds super duper confusing definitely uh check it out (laughs) beautiful we will absolutely add that link to our podcast blog but um will brant is there anything else you think our audience should know about uh cybersecurity I do. There's one that's kind of my 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 last, you know, soapboxy one that I tend to get on and that is uh, locking down your Wi-Fi. So, you know, this is and I'll keep it concise because I know we're wanting to wrap up here. But the long and the short of it is that if you have a Wi-Fi network and you're just let's just say you're using the venues network, if you're hitting any kind of web page, whether that's, you know, welcome to, you know, this chain's site and please put in a meeting password or anything like if you're hitting any kind of web page it is not encrypted you know at this point in time we you know we know how wi-fi works right we know how to put in a wi-fi password into an actual wi-fi network you know I, for whatever reason hotels and venues still just aren't doing this though so please 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 if you set up a wi-fi network for your attendees just put a password on it not a meeting code, not a you got to type in your room number, none, none of that. An actual password on the Wi-Fi network itself. Because even if the password is 12345, and even if you print that password on every single piece of paper, including the toilet paper in the bathroom, that is still more secure 
than not having a password on it at all. So it, it, all it does is it just kicks in like the most basic level of encryption on a Wi-Fi network so that you can't just sit there and sniff uh, and pick up, you know, plain text as it flies through the air. So that's kind of my one last thing is please, please, please. I've been on this soapbox for years now and I still just blows my mind how often hotel networks are still wide open Wi-Fi networks. So please, 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 planners, insist that you put a password on your Wi-Fi network. Solid advice. Solid. I concur. I have a little bit of a general tip um, that I can share as well. Is a lot of this sounds confusing. A lot of it you're not sure what to do. The best thing you can do is kind of get your, your, your go-to technology person to be on staff. You need a tech person on your team who understands the sort of stuff, knows how to ask the questions. We get it. There's a million things that we're all worrying about when it comes to your events. If you don't have someone on your team who understands this and is going to ask the hard questions, you need to get that person on your team. And even if it's you know just as simply as, hey, it's the IT guy from you know down the hall and I'm going to bring him to the event and he can just ask hard questions. He doesn't know anything about events, but at least he can just poke around and ask hard questions. I think that's incredibly helpful. But one of the best things you can do is get somebody who understands event technology, understands the security and all those things like that and can interface and bounce between it and can make sure everything's running smoothly. That's such good advice. I think a lot of times planners feel like they have to be the expert in everything, but you just bring in the expert who knows what all these terms are and can raise a red flag if they need to. And then you guys can work together on that. Such good advice. Preach. Yeah. Well, Brant, this was a joy. I feel like we should have you back for another episode. What do you think? I think we could probably arrange that. <laughs> Done. Okay, something like that. Sold. <laughs> we got the mics ready. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. And um, for all of you that are listening, if you go to cvent.com slash podcast, we will have links to not only Will and Brant's um, podcast, but also some additional resources because I have for the webinar, all of that good stuff. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Okay. So Cody, no joke. After this podcast interview, I went out and actually put an app on my phone to save all my passwords. Look, you can see it right here. <laughs> she did, you guys. I yeah. swear she did. I mean, some of this information really made me think. I know. Me too. And it was really interesting to learn how events are potentially a target for cybersecurity hacks. And they had some really great tips and tricks. I'm sure our audience learned a lot and want to learn more. Yeah. And if you want to learn more and get links to some of the resources we mentioned, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. And we want to hear what you want to learn more about. Email us at podcast at cvent.com and tell us what topics you want us to explore. Or if you are an expert, let us know and we can have you on the podcast. We'll see you all next week for another great episode. And until then, subscribe, share, and follow us at cvent social media. Bye.